Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. So, I'm going to give you a disclaimer before I start. Uh, What I'm going to tell you is a personal story. It's not a political statement. It's a personal story, okay? Uh, Something that I have gone through that I had to live with. And because today we celebrate um, the 4th of July, I think that... um, I think that it's, it's appropriate for me to tell you my story. We're reading from Psalms 113 and 4 and Psalms 67 and 2. And it reads, The Lord is exalted over all the nations, his glory above the heavens, so that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. This past June, I celebrated the 60th anniversary of something I didn't sign up for. I never wanted. It was never in my dreams or my ideas. It was the 60th anniversary of the time that I left my home, my family, my country, and my childhood. Right after um, Castro came in, uh, he, he kind of came like a, 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 with his people like a thief in the night. Uh, everything really tr- transcribed through the night. Um, the dictator that we had before, uh, his name was Batista, he left in the night. And as he was leaving, the, the Castro's people were advancing into Havana, they had already taken some of the other states. Um, and when I say other states, it's Cuba only has six states, you know. So, but anyway, we, 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 you know, we say, oh, in the state of so-and-so, but we only have six. <laughs> um, so uh, they, they came like in the night, and when we woke up in the morning, we had woken up to a whole different home let's say, island, uh, country, okay? I remember seeing them um, uh, as they were marching through, uh, you know, with tanks or, 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 or really marching. Their shirts were embroidered with uh, um, uh, saints and the cross. Cuba is mostly Catholic. Uh, and, and the cross of Christ, and they were all wearing uh, rosaries, of beads and, and so forth, and, and, and they presented themselves to be very Christians, you know? Um, I cannot tell you about the speech because, of course, they being grown-ups and I being 10 years old, we didn't speak. But uh, their appearance, you know, uh, was kind of like, you know, well, uh, you know, this might not be too bad. You know, they believe in God, so, you know, how bad can it be? Um, uh, so, but little by little, things started changing, okay? I remember uh, they pretended to be something they were not. 
When the country realized what was happening and the changes that were not coming, that were there already, it was too late. They work very smoothly, kind of like a, a, a plane that flies very low, close to the water, so that it cannot be detected. That's how the changes came. We went to bed, and in the morning, the radio said, today, this is the new thing. And that was it. There was no vote, no opinion, nothing. That was it. For example, I remember that the first change uh, that happened was what they called the real estate reform. If somebody had lived in an apartment or a house for more than 25 years, that dwelling became theirs. So they were not renters anymore, they were owners because they had been paying rent for 25 years. And the owners of that property were only allowed to have three properties. So if they had a building, they could only have three apartments in that building. And it had to be three apartments that the person had not lived there for 25 years, you know. So sometimes they ended up with nothing, you know. In Cuba, of course, the goal was having a house, you know, like, like everybody. Um, but it was expensive, and it was not something that you could readily have. So people kind of like, once they found their place, uh, they stay there, you know, for a long time. And of course, I'm talking about Havana, which is the main city, and, and work and everything was there. Um, so there were a lot of people that had lived in their houses for 25 years. The second thing that happened was the, what they called the land reform. The land was divided among the ranch hands that had worked for the owner for 25 years. A percentage of that land was given to each one of them. And then a percentage of the land was given to the owner. Whatever was left became, became government property. The ranch hands still had to work it. And they cannot dispose of anything that was growing there. Um, but they were told, well, you owe this you know, X amount of land. And while you work this land, you need to work the part that belongs to us also. Um, the um, land uh, ranch owner um, found himself with very little. Um, these are the people that, that, as these changes were happening, um, they were leaving Cuba, you know, uh, by 20 at a time on a day. Um, they felt that they, everything was being taken away from them, and, and they um, were able to see uh, that these changes were not what we had been told. In a very subtle way, communism had exploded. We never wanted to be communist. Um, we never wanted to lose our freedom. 
We never wanted to have uh, to have to give an account for where we're going, what we're doing, um, how many times uh, we're going to that person's house, um, uh, if we're going to another state to visit um, family. Um, basically, we never counted on doing anything like that, but these changes were there. And Castro actually initiated the, the, the first change where when he created um, a, um, a, a group, a house uh, within a radius block called the CDR. And he created that because, um, and I'll, I'm gonna quote him, he proclaimed a collective system of revolutionary vigilance against each other. Established so that everybody knows who lives, lives on every block, what they do on every block, what relations they have, and if they had any past relations to the past government, in what activities are they involved, and with whom are they meeting, how many times they're going to church, and how long are they, they staying. Little by little, everything we used to do was changed. Even the people, people that were our friends, that ate at our table, that we had known for years, my parents had known for years, they knew me since I was born. All of a sudden, they were not coming over. And all of a sudden, my parents were not inviting them either. My parents were afraid that they um, could be informers of the government. And, and I think of that, and I think of that like in, in the American system, and I'm thinking, oh, you know, how silly is that? But no, that's exactly what was happening. The desperation of, of not be, being at the bottom of the pool here, <laughs> was so large that, yes, people will point the fingers at other people if they say something against the government. The same thing with our family members. We were afraid to open up and tell them what we were feeling, what we were seeing. We didn't want to make any um, a comment about communism that was against the, the regime because we didn't know, didn't know how far that would go. Informers were a dime a dozen, and the whole island was concerned that this other person was an informer, and the other person was concerned that we were informers. So that created this level of distrust. Um, it really affected me, uh, and it's something that it's even um, that, that I had to work really hard um, um, to give my trust to Jesus Christ because um, I had been hurt myself here and, and there, um, but I just didn't trust people. And trusting God was a very big thing 
Jesus was asking me to give him my treasure, the one thing that I was holding on to, and he was asking me to give him my trust. So in, in Cuba, as time went along, things got worse um, little by little. Uh, we started using our, our, losing our freedom and are losing our way of life. Um, another thing that was lost also was the elections. Forget about having two, three parties. We went to a dictatorship and there were no more elections. About 20 years ago, Castro opened up elections again, but he had already picked who he wanted as president. So of course, that person won. And that person had to answer to him because he was prime minister. So he was above whoever was um, the, the, the president. It was kind of like just a name only, you know, kind of like, like a joke. One of the things that, that happened also that, that affected me uh, was that um, we came into rations. Everything was rationed in Cuba. Food was rationed, clothing was rationed, gas was rationed. Um, but the one thing that affected me was food because I was a big eater. I, I liked to eat. My mother was a wonderful cook. And there was a bakery in the corner of my house. You know, with 10 cents I could buy a little Coke like this and a pastry. Come on people, I had it made. You know, right there at the corner of my house. And, and uh, all that, all those little mom and pops places, um, they call it cafeterias, they close because the government will not supply what they needed to make the things that they could sell. So everything closed and certain stores were left open only to serve the people. So the people were given a, coup a coupon book. Okay, and in the coupon book, it had how many members of the family were there. It had the date that, um, that you could go and buy food. Let's say you could go and buy food on the third Thursday of the month. And on that day, you can get uh, sugar, coffee, beans, and rice, and um, you had to be in line because no, it, wasn't, it wasn't only you. There were about 100 people that had the same date and went to the same store. So after being in line since 5 o'clock or sometimes even earlier, uh, when it was your turn, um, something was missing. Well, what that meant was that you didn't get it. You had to wait until your next turn again. Okay, so sometimes they would have like meat, for example. Meat had its own day. Let's say the second Tuesday of the month. That was the day for meat because in Cuba, the meat was not sold at the store. It was sold at the carniceria, the, the, the meat uh, place, you know. The people that handled it, all sorts of meat. So you went there when the coupon said that you should go there. 
And everything was very, very scarce. Um, if, they, if you were buying in the black market, and a lot of people were, including my, my parents, and, and you were caught uh, buying something in the black market, you would go to jail, and you would easily get 15 to 20 years for buying in the black market. The reason that my parents were never caught was the grace of God. And the reason that we were able to buy things under the table was because both my father and my mother were very well known. But my father was really uh, a hardworking man and known by, by the butcher, by other people that actually in the ranches that where they harvest the meat and, and the vegetables and all that. So because of that, we were able to have a little bit more. Because of course, you couldn't come with a sack of nothing. You know, you might have to put something. I remember him bringing mangoes in his pockets because that was my favorite fruit, you know. Um, he would wear these big pants and uh, had big pockets and he would put stuff there, you know, onions, tomatoes, uh, pimentos, you know, things to, to supply what we didn't have. Little by little, we were losing our freedom until one day we had none. We are born again Christians. We are free in Christ. We do not live under the bondage of sin. If we sin, all we have to do is to confess. And the word says, I will take the sin from you as far as the east is from the west, and I will remember it no more. When you go through the Lord to confess when you have failed, whether you sit down or you kneel or you stand, whatever your post is, when you move away from that moment, you are as clean, as white as the snow. That is the freedom that has cost you nothing. That is the freedom that was given to us by the grace of God. That is the freedom for the one that we should really celebrate. And when I say celebrate, this is a great place for celebration. You know, this is a great place for celebration. Somehow, in the world that we live today, we had stopped taking things, um, giving things the value that it deserves. We take things for granted. That's what I mean to say. We take for granted that if we uh, have a house, uh, it was really a gift of God. Even though you worked for it and you paid it, it was a gift of God. The fact that it's still standing, it's still a gift of God. We have the opportunity to tell others about God, and sometimes we don't because we're kind of like a little embarrassed that they're going to say we're crazy or something, so we, you know, shy back. So we don't tell them. Um, 
We try to give our kids everything they want and everything they don't want because we try to supplement the things that we didn't have so we want our kids to have. So we bombard them with stuff as if that was gonna achieve something in their faith world. You'll achieve nothing. You want your children to achieve something in their walk of faith, bring them to church. Your grandchildren, bring them to church. It starts Sunday morning with this banquet right here. You come to church and then you go out and you have a wonderful day, which is what the Lord wants you to do anyway. But we tend to t take for granted the things that we can do for, for our children. And, and one of them is, is to bring them to church, you know. Uh, the reason that I told you this story is because, of course, we celebrate the 4th of July today. And, and there's a lot of celebration in, in uh, brisket, ribs, you know, and, and all of that, which is great. And we should celebrate the 4th of July. But the first thing that we need to celebrate today is our freedom in Christ. The second thing that we need to celebrate is our country. Take it for what it is. It's not perfect. And it's not perfect because it's run by people like us. It's like the church. No church is perfect because it's run by people like us. It's kind of like this service. It's not going to be perfect. <laughs> but we're going to try to get by, fly slow, low, you know, <laughs> so the radar doesn't pick us up. Um, and then go out and celebrate. Have a wonderful 4th of July. Tell your kids about why we celebrate today. Not just that, oh, let's get together and eat. No, no. Tell them why we celebrate today. And in telling them what we celebrate today, the first thing is that we celebrate Christ. The freedom that we have in Christ. It is important that as we go along, our eyes are open, our heart is prepped for the word of God. The word of God is alive and it's changing at every moment because the message that he's given to you is not the one he's given to you, it's not the one that is given to me. And if our heart is not opening to hear it, it's gonna pass us by. And one day we're gonna wake up and it'll be too late. One of the things that I, I, I wanna share with you is that um, five years after I left Cuba, um, at five o'clock in the morning, my father loved coffee. And um, it was his turn to get coffee and he was in the coffee line at five o'clock in the morning. He was supposed to get a quarter pound per month. That's as much coffee as they give you. And, and we drink espresso in little cups like that, shots like that, you know. It, if you're not used to it, it'll keep you away for the week, okay? 
So uh, it's wonderful. So he, he loved coffee and he was there standing in line at, at five o'clock in the morning. Standing in line, he suffered a massive heart attack and he died. A man that when he saw what was happening signed the papers to get me to freedom and he stayed behind. Sometimes I think if he was alive, I would ask him, where would you send me now? As things develop and get all confused and, 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 and God seems to be farther and farther from our culture and our nation and the people that, that run the government speak of God less and less. I wonder, where will he send me to make sure that I lived free? One thing with freedom is that freedom is not free. The day that I left Cuba, I left everything. What was the last time I saw him? As the years go by, his features um, kind of like become a little bit blurring, you know. Um, freedom cost him and freedom cost me. And if we don't take care of our freedom, we would lose it. Our most precious freedom is the freedom that we have in Christ. And that's the first one we need to take care of. And we start here on Sunday morning. And then you go out and take care of your freedom that you have at home and all the freedoms that you can enjoy by living in the USA, which is wonderful. I am glad I'm here. I'm, I'm glad I'm, I'm, uh, my father sent me. Um, it's bittersweet, but, but I'm glad I'm here. Um, I'm very glad that I can serve here at the church. And um, I'm glad that I can tell you a little bit of, of, of a story that might help, to, might help you to look at things a little bit different. Just, it might make you remember that freedom is not free. And whether we want it or not, it's gonna cost us. But freedom in Christ has already been given totally by grace. And it is by grace that we live in here in the United States of America. God bless America. God bless my father who made a great sacrifice. And I hope I made him proud. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, hallowed be your name. You are our hiding place. You protect us from trouble and surround us with songs of deliverance. We give thanks to you, Lord of Lords. Your mercy endures forever. 
and it is in your mercy that we live today. We thank you for our spiritual freedom, for our country's freedom, and for the benefits that that, in your grace and mercy, we still have today. Lord, we thank you for hearing from heaven our pleas and our prayers. And we thank you, Father, for blessing us. Thank you for your love and kindness and tender, tender mercies towards us. In Jesus' holy name I pray. Amen.